Blog Talk Radio. Radio. I'm your host and founder of Alzheimer's Speaks, Lori LeBay, and I just feel blessed to have the job that I have because I get to meet such interesting people all over the world doing fascinating and fabulous work to improve our dementia care. You see, Alzheimer's Speaks is an advocacy-based company providing multiple platforms to shift our dementia care culture from crisis to comfort around the world. And we truly believe that by joining forces and sharing knowledge and just having these everyday conversations about life with dementia, that we can remove the stigmas attached to memory loss and help those live with the disease with purpose and and pleasure. Um, together, I know that we can help people understand the true needs and we can get creative to solve the problems and the issues uh, that this disease causes for so many uh, in their lives. Here at Alzheimer's Speaks, um, we are really about raising awareness and Again, we love to be collaborative, and we can't thank you, all of our listeners, enough for your collaborations. Your likes, your tweets, your shares have been so empowering, in fact, to the point that Dr. Oz and ShareCare named Alzheimer's Speaks the number one influencer on the Internet for Alzheimer's. That's just um, unbelievable because we're just a, a small company with no no real big budget at all. And um, <clears throat> again, by sharing knowledge, we're making a difference. And you never know when you when you like something, when you share a piece of material and some information and knowledge about dementia, when somebody in your sphere of influence might need it. They might might need to see these pieces several times before they feel comfortable in reaching out. And so many times people tell me how valuable it is to have those resources when the time is right for them. So again, thank you so much. Today, we, um, like all of our shows, we invite you, our listeners, to participate. I am having some difficulty, I will tell you, with our chat box. I don't know, maybe you're seeing it, but I am not. <laughs> at my end, and so I'm not going to be able to um, uh, ask questions and pull information in. So if people, for right now anyways, if you have questions or comments, if you could call into the show at 714-364-4757. Again, that's 714-364-4757, and we will make sure that we 
that we include you in the conversation because your voice is just as important as as all of ours. I'll continue to work on getting that chat box up and running uh, so that it's functional for us. But before I introduce our first guest today, I always like to give a shout out to uh, certain organizations and projects that are going on. Uh, the first one I want to mention is the Purple Angel Project, which is the new global symbol for dementia. If you are not <clears throat> aware of it, please go to Alzheimer's speaks to our about page and click on the tab that says purple angel you'll be able to get all the information we want this symbol to be as well known as the pink ribbon for breast cancer and there's absolutely no reason it can't be um, it's free um, individuals and companies and communities alike can all utilize this symbol all you have to do is read a legal size poster with some basic information that says you are now dementia aware. It doesn't mean you have all the answers. It just says that you are aware of the disease and you want to help raise awareness for it. Um, so, again, go to Alzheimer's Speaks About page and you'll be able to find more information. You can always shoot me an email directly or give me a holler, too. I'd be glad to talk to you on how you can utilize that because it's great for marketing um, or if you're an individual just on your Facebook page or LinkedIn pages, um, email addresses, cards, all kinds of things. The Alzheimer's um, Disease International is an organization of all the Alzheimer's associations around the world. And since we have a global audience, I like to give a shout out to them because many times people are looking for information in their own neck of the woods. Um, ADI can hook you up with the closest association to you. In addition, on that site, you're going to get a global view of what's going on with the disease. <clears throat> They've got great annual statistics that they put out. In fact, they're going to be uh, launching, and we're going to have the Executive Director Mark Wortman on with us a little later this month uh, to be talking about prevention, um, and there's a new study on that. I want to welcome um, HealthStar um, Home Health uh, to my group of shout-outs. Um, I am working with them in Minnesota, and I am just so proud to be associated with them. They're doing some really great, great work. In fact, they really have jumped on the board um, they got uh, trained through the Alzheimer's Whisper program, and they were out at our state fair. They did a miraculous job doing um, memory screenings. They averaged two to 300 people a day and saw over 14,000 people while they were there. So it was a pretty fantastic time. I was able to be with them for a short while out there and experience the conversations and how much people just want to want to talk um, and be able to share their stories and get information. If you're looking for a holistic approach, the Alzheimer's Research and Prevention Foundation, again, is a great platform uh, for information. If you're dealing with a Lewy body or frontal temporal lobe or if someone's got aphasia, you need to go to those organizations as well because they really have great information that can help you there. Um, on the social aspect, there's Puzzle With Me, puzzles designed for people with dementia. Um, the Jiminy Wicket program, which is a croquet game that's intergenerational and creates smiles per minute. Um, and then uh, Coral Health with Music First has an app for music. And I'm very excited to... Um, just mentioned too that Alzheimer's Music Connect is going to be coming out with a holiday CD that I think is going to be absolutely fabulous. So um, I will keep you posted on that one as we get more information with that. I, I can't believe the holidays are approaching so, so closely already. 
Now, today we are going to have a really, really, I think, exciting conversation. When I talked uh, to Stone Morris and Sarah Gorham, the, who are the co-founders um, of the grind dining um i was just kind of blown away with their their passion their creativity and um, their ability to take it to the next level and really make a difference so i'm going to introduce um each of these women and we'll pull them into the conversation and i will let them talk about the hows and why of grind dining um, Stone uh, Morris has over 24 years of food service experience in restaurants and catering, country clubs, and five-star luxury hotels. The positions uh, she has uh, formally held in hot and cold food um, banquet supervisors at the Marriott Marquis, uh, co-owner uh, of an award-winning vegetarian restaurant, Two Chefs, um, and she was the grand manager chef for the Ritz-Carlton and a line chef at the Buckhead Diner. So she just comes with a great, great wealth of information. She became a certified working chef by the American Culinary uh, Foundation uh, or Federation in 1981, and she has worked for the past 19 years as an accomplished food stylist for print and film that includes commercial advertising as well as editorial um, profile clients like Coca-Cola and Home Depot, um, Southern Living Magazine, and <clears throat> Olive Garden, and so much more. So you can tell from her background with being a chef and then really having this eye for design, um, you know, how how this is going to impact what it is she has to deliver. So, Stone, welcome to the show. How are you today? Oh, thank you, Lori. We're, we're honored and privileged to be a guest on your show. We're very excited. Thank you for well, having us. Well, thank you. I'm going to go ahead and just introduce Sarah, and we'll pull her into the show. So just bear with me a second. Uh, Sarah Gorman has 23 years of experience in hotels, restaurants, catering, and hospitality food service um, with 15 years of management experience. And she has um, all these positions have included executive chef and sous chef, food preparation manager, um, co-founder and chef, and uh, culinary consultant. So she has worked for the Marriott Hotels and Resorts, uh, Two Chefs, Inc., um, opened four hotels for the Marriott, um, which is a pretty pretty big uh handle there and she has 19 years of higher education with 15 years of experience as a culinary educator so again backgrounds here are just very very significant um, lots of awards um, have been won and so I'm going to go ahead and pull Sarah into the conversation Sarah how are you doing today very good good morning Lori good morning Alzheimer speaks <laughs> well, great. I'm I'm so glad to have you guys here. I'm also going to pull in a, a third person here because um, Deb Osterhound is the um, VP of Sales and Marketing for the Arbor Company, and which is a, a senior living company that was formed back in 1986. And you know they are really experts and very dedicated in terms 
to, uh, in, in terms of the experience of um, a daily living, you know, for for their clients. And so, Deb, I'm going to go ahead and pull you into the conversation as well. So how are you, Deb? I am just fabulous. Thank you so much for having me. And Sarah and Stone, so good to talk to you again on the radio. Well, good. Well, we're going to go you. ahead. Good morning. Good morning. We're going to go morning. ahead and, and get started. And, um, Sarah, I'm going to throw this first question to you. Um, have you, just so people get a little background on you, have you um, been personally touched with, by family or friends with dementia? Oh, yes, yes, I have. Um, you know, my mother, the last four years of her life, lived with dementia. And, um, you know, she she lived in a senior-assisted living community for 14 years of her life. And uh, that was her home. And uh, she had surgery back in 2009. And uh, as a result of the surgery, uh, the good news is the surgery was very successful on her back, but she had uh, difficulty in coming out of the anesthesia. And we think that at that point she might have had a mild stroke. And... She uh, had dementia for the last four years of her life, and, you know, this is a difficult thing to watch a loved one who my mother was, goodness, very independent, very much in control. My mother was a career woman. She was uh, in nursing for, like, over 50 years of her life. She was uh, uh, she was in the Navy in World War II as a nurse. So mom was a very take-charge kind of a, of a woman. Um, and when this happened, um, it was so hard for her, obviously, to see her challenged as far as losing her control, losing her independence. And it's a gradual process, but as it happens, it becomes so difficult to see, you know. And um, I know dementia from not the caregiver end of it, but from being a family member and seeing a loved one afflicted with it. That's why when we took on this project, it really did have very special meaning to us as far as how can we improve the quality of life for individuals that have Alzheimer's or dementia in a dining experience. Um, you know, dining is uh, more than just nourishment. Dining is uh, tradition. Dining is culture. Dining is the sharing and socialization of family and friends, you know, and if there's any way we can, you know, really make an impact on individuals that have dementia, you know, that's what we were trying to achieve here. Okay, great. And I'm going to go ahead and um, just ask Stone the same question to see if she also has had um, any any uh, anybody in her personal life um, dealing with uh, with dementia. And let me see if we can. There you are, Stone. Are you hey, there? No, it, it, yes, I am. Um, no, it it never it has never touched my family on a personal level. But you know, I think as chefs, we just want to. We're caregivers. You know, we're nurturers, and we show our love through food. And when we were exposed to the problems and the difficulties and the challenges of, of those that um, were afflicted with dementia and were challenged with the use of utensils. Um, we just believed that there had to be a way that we could help them. Mm-hmm. And we put our heads together 
with all of our experiences and, and developed this program. Um, and we focused on what the residents could do, and that was they could use their hands. And then mm-hmm. we focused on the food, and we let the mechanics take care of itself, so to speak. Um, but we just uh, we went back into our you know rolodex of, of of techniques and methods, and we knew that it had to be very very simple because the back of the house or anybody at home taking care of somebody with dementia had to be able to do this. It couldn't be complicated on any level. So it was a tall order trying to figure out what could we do that was completely nourishing and satisfying and at the same time be accessible for the resident as well as the the, the food servers and the food preparers and the chefs mm-hmm. for it to come together. And it really was, um, our our method really was a blessing and, and, and a gift and an inspiration. It it's very, very simple, but yet it's so revolutionary in its ability okay. to bring good food back into their lives and okay. restore that. Wonderful. I'm going to just ask Deb the same question here. Um, Deb, have you, I, I know that you work with people most likely with dementia at, at the Arbor Company, but have you been personally touched? I've not been personally touched by family members, but by friends of family members really all around me. Um, It's just amazing the numbers of folks that that Alzheimer's and dementia reaches, um, especially these days, um, you know, with the the early onset and and the early diagnosis. So um, I have been, I have been very, very touched by it. And, and of course I'm touched by it every day at work. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, wonderful. It's just always nice for people to kind of have that little bit of background to see if there is uh, is any uh, any personal contact. So Sarah's the one who's who had it in her family. Um, let's go on and, and talk about your your company and uh, you know how did the idea really get started? Um, Sarah, was it was it through your mom's experience that this really came to you? You know. Um, it, it, it was an opportunity that uh, came to Stone and myself as far as, um, and I'll let Stone talk about how the actual grind, dining came to be and the inspiration, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but we were approached uh, by the Arbor Company to assist them in developing a dining program for their memory care residents. Um, they found that they wanted, um, and it was primarily for individuals that were on a finger food diet, uh, individuals that were more in the advanced stages of Alzheimer's dementia that couldn't, that could no longer use utensils and, and, and eat with their fingers. So it was really to help them, how can we provide a dining program for these individuals regardless of their physical limitations, be able to eat, eat nutritionally um, as well as with independence and dignity. And that's where Stone and I collaborated on this process. And um, Stone, if you want to talk about how the grinding piece came to be and, and that solution. 
Yeah, sure. Um, well, when when um, Mary Campbell, who was the vice president of operations for the Arbor Company, approached um, Sarah and myself, she asked us if we could um, have it, if we had any ideas for for menus or, or solutions for food for um, memory care, finger food. And my first question was, what is memory care? And mm-hmm. I said, do you mean hors d'oeuvres? Because as chefs and in the restaurant hotel, finger food means cheesy puffs or scallops wrapped with bacon, finger food. But in um, assisted living, it is it is food. It is the primary source of food to be eaten with the fingers. And so uh, Sarah went and took a look um, at um, a community and came back and just reported that it was just very sadly lacking um, the, the whole dining experience, very limiting. Um, the residents were being served, you know, uh, grilled cheese sandwiches and fish sticks and and Ch- you know, chicken potatoes. fingers, French fries, very mm-hmm. similar to the type of foods you would serve your toddler, you know, mm-hmm. that were finger foods. And, you know, when, when she told me this, I, I just thought that what are other people doing? How are, how are they solving this problem around the world? And I got on the Internet for a day and I searched high and low and there were no answers. It was either being spoon-fed, eating soft scrambled eggs, eating with your fingers, like Sarah said, chicken nuggets and toddler food. Mm-hmm. And I just did not give up. I believe that if you were passionate about an idea that did not exist, we would create one. And I meditated and I just thought for, I think, three days straight. And then I had a memory of my great-grandmother as I was a little girl going into her home and I remembered she had a grinder in her kitchen and she would grind the fish for the Sabbath meal, filter fish. And I mm-hmm. thought, hmm, I wonder. So that morning I went out and I bought a grinding attachment for my KitchenAid and three chickens from the supermarket. And Sarah and I just went to town cooking and grinding. And then we added vegetables. And we ground that and mixed it with the chicken, already seasoned and flavored. And then mm-hmm. we took rice and we ground that and we combined it. And we said, I think we're on to something. And the, we, that's how grind dining came to be. Just that's the grinding and combining right. of the protein and the carbohydrates and the vegetable. And we would put it into forms or molds or scoops. And you could pick it up easily with your fingers. It did not require any chewing because it was already ground and broke down. And you can enjoy essentially exactly the same meal that was being served to the rest of the family. For example, if you had roast chicken with rice pilaf and broccoli, we could grind and combine those ingredients and serve it in a small finger-sized form that would smell and taste exactly like the roast chicken dinner because it is the roast chicken dinner. And we don't wow. know why nobody thought to do that before, but there you go. 
And anybody well, can learn this technique. Well, what I love about it is that you saw a problem and took your skills and said, hey, let's let's try. I mean, it didn't seem like failure was a concern. And I think so many times failure is what stops people from trying to get creative and trying to fix an issue um, because they just get so overwhelmed of what if it doesn't work. And you guys were just like, hey, let, let's let's just try this. And, oh, I was and, like, I was determined, <laughs> determined, because you see these these uh, beloved elders, these poor souls, and every ability has been taken away from them one by one by one by one. And to me, just because they could not use utensils or they didn't have their teeth, I just mm-hmm. refused to accept that they could not enjoy exact same satisfying nourishment and good food that we all get to eat. Uh-huh. So it was well, very exciting to be able to give something back that they could do and they could have. And for those and of Alzheimer's you that... is not a barrier. Yeah, exactly. For those of you that are uh, listening um, via the computer, you'll see just what some of these dishes look like, kind of a before and after. Uh, And and to me, you know, when I saw your PowerPoint, we were talking, I was just amazed. I was just, I was amazed and I was excited because I thought I would eat that. And, you know, I came from a place Exactly, right. You know, my... My mom had the disease for 30 years, and so um, the last four in particular, and she was on pureed food, which is kind of the next level. But, um, you know, it was it just looked like slop on a plate, and half the time we didn't know what it was. Um, you couldn't really yeah. tell by the smell or anything. And yeah. But prior to her needing to have pureed foods, there was a time where um, where using utensils was difficult. There was a time when she got really upset seeing someone else eat with their fingers and not use utensils because it wasn't the proper food to be eating with mm-hmm. your fingers. And right. so to me, you've taken two things um, and made them dignified. You know, you've made people who aren't in need of of this type of food um, necessarily. It, you've made it okay. You've dressed it up. Yep. It looks nice. Where yep. I think they're actually gonna want it because it looks so beautiful. Yeah, there's no stigma and no dirty fingers or greasy fingers. No, no, it we've looks, made it, it very neat. Yeah, it looks very specialized and um and and very very uh wonderful. And then for those that, you know, can't use utensils, um again, it creates that that air of independence for them to still be able to feed themselves, have a healthy good food and and um still have the respect of those around them, which I think people worry about um, you know, if it's true or not, but I you know, I just think it's one of those stigmas. Um, with the disease and and with being independent. I'm going to go ahead and pull um, Deb in because, Deb, um, at the Arbor, you're utilizing this system is my understanding. Um, How was it for you um, when you you saw and heard about this the first time? Um, What were your your thoughts? Well, you know, Sarah and Stone do not paint um, that, that picture that they should because this was a Spencer meets Hepburn, uh, Sears meets Robux kind of moment 
when our uh, when our VP of operations had a conversation and a cup of coffee over the fence with Sarah and Stone, and our, it truly was it was a it was one of those important important dates that will go down for us because as part of our strategic vision um, at the Arbor Company, um, certainly dining services is of the utmost importance. I mean, everybody that we're charged with caring for um, has some sort of physical or cognitive challenge. That's why they're in assisted living or memory care. And oftentimes these residents struggle with altered appetites and tastes. Um, they have impaired ability to feed themselves with dignity and comfort in a dining room setting. And as a result, when we offer foods that are less appealing, uh, you know, lack of quality and taste, we have diminished nutritional intake, and we have weight loss issues. And um, the Arbor Company has a very, very resident-centered approach, and, and um, dignity and dependence is, is, is always in the forefront for us as we you know, try to come up with innovative programs and ideas and techniques that can, that can help our, our residents not only thrive but, uh, but have but have dignity and excitement in their life. And I had a conversation with Sarah and Stone um, just a few days ago, and um, one of them, I think, Sarah said, you know, um, food, food is memory. Um, and we have the opportunity three times a day at, at least to evoke beautiful memories. So, you know, we went back to the – they came into our test kitchens, and we were – uh, their petri dish, um, and you know, gave them a, a really a set of parameters. We've got folks with cognitive and behavioral issues issues that in, that include the decreased sense of smell and taste. Um, so as a result, you know, they reject certain foods. Um, that's the mush that you were talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, we have folks with physical uh, dysphagia, visual impairments, or poorly fitted dentures, and you know, the loss of the ability to manipulate utensils. So there's another barrier. They have communication issues that leaves them unable to express their desires or the feelings or concerns about food. And then, of course, we've got the food and menu-related issues. Um, we've got restrictive diets. We've got foods that are unappealing in texture and in form and limited menu choices. And then, you know, ultimately it's the dignity issue. Um, Sarah and Stone said about, uh, you know, with these parameters, these challenges and barriers in mind. And um, we partnered together. It's this grind dining is just amazing. So this food retains the full taste and texture and the appearance um, of, of whatever meal it is they're serving. Um, it's, it's just so innovative and revolutionary. Um, and it converts and replicates daily meals into easy and manageable, nutritionally complete meals into bite-sized portions. But if you've ever taken a look, I, I hear you saying you've, you have Sarah and Stone's PowerPoint. This, this food is just beautiful. It's a sight to behold. And the neat thing about this is that we don't, in many cases, have a need for separate menus. Sarah and Stone's food, that anybody can eat it. You don't have to have these these challenges, um, you know, related to, um, you know, cognitive or, or physical, um, it is 
appealing, and it is absolutely um, out of this world. And we have had um, sample uh, taste tests for our families, uh, you know, in a, and residents, and the response has been just overwhelming. So at the end of the day, if you took away all, all the beauty to this, um, and there's much of it, the health, uh, the healthiness of this food is where it's at for us because if we can get our folks to eat and eat nutritiously, um, they can live much more active and, and productive lives, um, not only in our communities, outside of our communities. So it's been a really exciting collaboration, and it's just, it's just um, it's our luck to have, um, to have found Sarah and Stone. Thank you, Deb. Wow. Well, thank you, Deb. Yeah, yes, definitely. Yeah. So, Deb, I think for a lot of our listeners, um, because anytime there's change, and this would be a big change, I would think, to incorporate in the kitchen, did you get pushback from your staff initially, um, both both cooks and um, just general direct care in terms of what's this going to be and how's this going to work and what's it going to yeah. entail? Right. You know, what we generally do is when we go into a community, we'll we'll do a taste panel for the community staff. And, and that's very important because this is a change. This is a change of culture, so to speak. And we'll go in and we'll prepare the foods, of grind dining foods, and um, so that we can have the staff uh, and that everybody. It, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's pretty much an across-the-board initiative from the receptionist to the maintenance person to obviously your kitchen staff and your caregivers everybody in the community tastes and experiences the food and uh and they're they they it, 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 it they're able to experience it and they're able to see a comparison plate such as you know the on the slideshow you have your baked tilapia with raw rice and asparagus that you would serve in your main dining room well then you have your grind dining food which is you know the the, the ground foods and, and, and on, the, on, on the plate and things, and they're able to taste it. And very importantly, I think, as you know, if a caregiver likes the food they're serving to the residents, they're going to help, you know, serve that food. And it is different. It is different. But, again, the caregivers are very important that everyone buys into it and understands it. And the way to do that is uh, is to do it through education, through a, a short PowerPoint orientation with the staff, but very importantly, that they taste the food, you know. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, caregivers have been very positive to it as far as, um, you know, going in and serving the food and, um, and, 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 and giving us feedback on that. Uh, and then the kitchen is something of which it's a step that we incorporate in. So, in some cases, you, I mean, you don't need a separate menu. So you, it's the same menu, and we'll take that cooked food and grind it and then form it into a base in many different forms and then serve it. So, mm-hmm. it, you know, as far as any pushback goes from the staff goes, um, I mean, we've been very fortunate. It is a change, and it does take training, and that's what we do. It, it's really been very positive. Um, and caregivers... Uh, even in the first pilot, Lori, I mean, um, with the Arbor Company, we weren't there a couple of few days, and, uh, you know, one of the caregivers came back for breakfast and, and came and gave me a big hug and said, 
oh, chef, thank you. They're eating food on their own. And she had, like, tears in their eyes. They're eating, you know. And, and, and you know, we, we found that <clears throat> the caregivers, because the residents were able to eat more on their own, more independently, it relieved the caregivers at service time for meals for them not to help so many residents, but really concentrate on the ones that really did need help. So that was one of the great benefits that we found immediately from uh, from the grind. And the family members as well. Right. I mean, um, you know, ultimately, I mean, when we were there and were doing pilots and things of that nature, we would talk with family members, and uh, family members recognized and saw a difference. They saw a difference almost immediately. Um, we had, goodness, we were shared a wonderful email. We were probably three weeks into the first pilot um, at Crabapple uh, uh, here in Atlanta, the Arbor Terrace at Crabapple, and it was from uh, the husband of one of the residents uh, in their memory care units. And he shot this beautiful email <clears throat> stating he was there on Friday to visit his wife, and his wife was, was sitting there getting ready for for lunch, and he was going out of town that day, so he was going to be there just a short time. And all of a sudden, you know, he saw his wife sitting at the table. She had her bib on, and all of a sudden the wife had a a spark in her eye. And it was something that only he would recognize, he said, that something good was going to happen. He saw that in his wife's eyes. And he was like, what is she getting excited about? So he looked around, and he saw that the hot box was coming in for food and so forth and so on. And then it hit him. He was like, well, I see it. You know, there was a change. We have service standards, and one of the service standards was is that we put a, a, a tablecloth down, a linen tablecloth at service time and linen napkins. And mm-hmm. he realized it. He said, my wife was sitting there with a white tablecloth and a beautiful blue napkin in a pyramid sitting there in her bib, and she was excited. And... Mm-hmm he realized that she's excited about lunch. And we were able to engage her. And he said at that point in time, she could have been anywhere. She could have been there um, at the Waldorf Astoria, you know, with her, her, her father years ago having tea or with her friends with the Wizard of Oz. But at that point and at that point in time, that moment was everything the world could offer. And Mm -hmm. it was just such a touching email that he sent to the uh, executive director of that of that um, of that community that he recognized that lunch service was different, and she was eating, and she was engaged, and she enjoyed herself. And if you can do that, that was just a, a wonderful moment that was shared with us. Wow, that's that's so touching i mean for him to be able to pick up on the difference and for her to feel um so gratified at being able to you know be part um of that experience i mean that's just got to be a phenomenal feeling for for the two of you to have to, to think that you've made such a huge difference in in people's lives um that's that's just incredible absolutely yeah, it, incredible yeah just so rewarding, you know, just so rewarding. You know, and, and a lot of times, you know, people will say, well, they're not there. It's our, it's our for us to engage them. How can you engage them? And that light comes mm-hmm. on, you know. 
how can you engage them at 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 dinner time, at lunch time, you know, through the senses, through aromatherapy, through the look or feel of a of a linen, for a warm washcloth, you know, warming their hands and cleaning their hands, that type of thing, you know, and, just and to also stimulate the smell of food, the smell of food to stimulate the, smell the of senses. Food. Yes, engaging the senses. I, I I don't believe that Alzheimer's takes away the the the, the sense of smell and the and the taste and the texture of food. And it's intuitive that when you smell something good, your hand reaches for it and you put it to your mouth at any age. There is no loss of appetite that we have we have seen when somebody with Alzheimer's is hungry. And we right. address well, the frustrations involved with um, serving them. And so right. what we, now I'm there's sorry. no limit to what they can eat. They can eat anything they want to with this with this method. It's great. Right. And some say we eat with the eyes. And the presentation um, that Sarah and Stone have, have implemented and you know, worked with our staff on is just outstanding. And, um, you know, it's a sight to behold. Um, and just really based on the visuals, you know, these are people who, when they come to our communities and communities around the country, in dementia and memory care, they pay the most. And in some cases, they get the least, don't they? And it's incumbent upon us to to make sure that they have everything and then some uh, that that we could possibly give them at the opportunity um, to have um, at the community level, and uh, and so just the visual presentation and and like Sarah said, um, you know somebody going back in time when you know she used to go to the to the Waldorf with her father to eat. Um, that's the experience that that we're able to give many of our folks. It's very exciting. It's very exciting. I, I definitely <laughs> agree with that. I uh, I just think it's absolutely fabulous. Now, um, uh, Sarah, is this a, a patent uh, that you have for this type of, of food and uh, for the procedure? Yeah, we uh, grind dining is a, a, a patent. We do have a provisional patent um, on the process of grind dining. Yeah, we do. Uh-huh. Okay, great, because I would definitely want you to be per- protected on that because it sounds absolutely fabulous. Um, have you, I know that you've worked with Arbor. Have you worked with other companies, or are you just kind of in the process of getting this out? And so yeah, I'm no, we, that... sure, oh, sure. Yeah, we have other clients, and uh, we, uh, we, 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 we were, we were um, at another community, another uh, client that we have, um out of the Chicago area this summer, <clears throat> and um, had a and beta and they're just they've just completed the beta test up there at that um, at that community and um, it's it's a senior assisted living organization and one of the nice things that we did uh, with them was we we tested the grind dining foods for memory care which quite frankly turned out to be outstanding. Um, the results, uh, but the, we they also have a skilled nursing unit, and we 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 uh, we we targeted about several individuals within skilled nursing that could benefit from this, 
and we found this to be very effective dining service for them as well, and the results were very good. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, right now we are, you know, uh, working with uh, other clients, and, and that's what we do, that we're working with um, senior assisted living companies, uh, primarily especially that do have memory care, but we found that skilled nursing is, is, a, is a good opportunity uh, as well, and that's 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 what we do. We go in and we will train um, and set up a program on the grind dining method and technique and also uh, set up a, a dining program for them as well as far as front of the house kind of service standards as well. Okay. And Stone, can you tell us about how long does it take to get a company up and running? I think I'll um, pass that one over to you, Sarah. Okay. <laughs> how long does it take? I'm sorry, what was the question? How, how long, long does, does it, it take, take to, get... to get a company Go up ahead, and Lord. running? And I would imagine that that's going to vary depending on how many sites they have. But, if I mean, if you just are talking one particular site to get to get the staff up and running and trained and, and comfortable with serving this type of food. Right. You know, generally we'll 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 test the community over four to five weeks. Um and we'll come in there and, and, and we'll we'll train um the staff and, and be there on site depending on where it may be, uh over, you know, a week and a half, two weeks kind of period of time and when we leave then we we have basically um, uh, measures there that we um, get from caregivers. We have an evaluation form that the caregivers fill out um, that really does measure resident intake um, and uh, whether the resident enjoyed the food, the accessibility of the food, things of that nature, so that we can monitor that and we, we, we tally those results as well as uh, we, we, we have the, the kitchen staff, uh, kitchen management, send us um, photos of the food and also uh, uh, taste panels so that the taste panel they're using as training but then giving us feedback on the taste and, and texture and, and things of that nature there. So generally the, the pilots usually go for uh, four to six weeks and then from there then, we work with each individual company as far as how we may implement it across the board at their other communities. And it really depends on the size of the organization. Um, but it's something uh, with the Arbor Company that um, we did. And it, it basically, between the pilots and then the training of their 17 dining directors and then implementation of that, um, it took us about a year for the Arbor Company at that time, and they had 17 communities, you know. So, and if an organization has less communities, they can probably do it in, in less time. But we want to make sure that, again, they have the proper resources and training and tools for it to be a sustainable program. Okay. Well, that, that makes sense. And, and, and Deb, for you, um, for uh, getting the staff up and running, um, how did you feel the process went? Well, it was, for us, we, we took it probably a bit slower than, um, than Sarah and Stone have to do now uh, because we wanted to make sure that it was you know, just very slow and methodical. Wouldn't you agree, Sarah and Stone? It was probably a, a bit slower. And we wanted to make sure that that the rollout was just right, and we we you know rolled it out in specific communities where we knew we had 
the absolute right staff that would that would absorb the information that Sarah and Stone were imparting and um and the pearls of wisdom and, and had the you know, the real skill to, to roll this out the way it needed to be rolled out. So I guess that's a <laughs> pretty ambiguous question. It probably took longer for us, uh, just because it was, you know, a brand spanking new program and idea. Mhm. Which which makes sense. And I mean any time, you know, a community decides to make a significant change like that, I mean, it's it's a lot of time, it's a lot of money, um it you know, it's blood, sweat and tears and you know, you you want it to go in um smoothly and, and and roll out nice and there's a lot of work. I think there's a lot more work that goes into these types of changes than most people recognize. And and I would imagine there was some equipment that needed to be purchased as well as just procedural changes. Yeah, the the equipment to uh, to start grind dining, you know, in the kitchen, honestly, and and the and 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 the service is is really minimum, though. Um, and that's one of the beauties of it. Um, you know, I mean, the, the kitchen would need to get a grinder and some pans and some smallwares, depending on the organization. Front of the house, they may need to secure some linens, but you know, the capital outlay of doing this is really you know, very minimal. It can be under a thousand dollars, depending on the organization. So, and we want it to be cost-effective for the organization. You know. Mhm. Yeah, and that's critical, especially in this day of budgets, and uh, you know, people are looking so tightly at uh, at costs and being efficient. But you know, it's not efficient to cook food and throw it out that people aren't eating either. Right. Um, right. So, you know, there's. There's a lot to be said for that. I just, I just yeah. think that it is so um, fascinating. Um, now, Sarah, were you able to use this at all with your own mother? No, you know, my mother, uh, my mother turned 91 when um, we started this project, and um, and uh, when we completed the the second pilot, um, my mother actually uh, passed away the day after that. Um, and yeah, and so, but you know, I visited her in, in that that spring, and and my brother and I were talking to her, and my brother said, you know, tell mom what you're doing, and I told her, and you know, I mom was very, I could tell she understood, and there was just quite honestly a uh, the look of contentment and uh, and 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 proud that we were doing this kind of thing. So uh, we weren't able to test it on my mom, but uh, she was aware of what we were doing. Mm-hmm. Well, that's uh, that's interesting. That's kind of like my mom, too, over time. I mean, there was, you know, earlier on she knew some of the things I was doing, but I, but I knew that she was proud, you know. Yeah, yeah. That you're out there making a difference. So, well, this is just, um, like I said, fascinating, fascinating stuff. Why do you think um, more companies haven't started something like this? Um, Stone? I think, the, well, as Sarah mentioned, this is so unique. It's so simple, but it's so unique. It's almost too good to be true, but it really is true and it really is good um that we're having to educate and people have to experience it and word of mouth because nobody has ever done anything like this before so 
there's nothing to compare grind dining to. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just a matter of time, I, I believe. A lot of organizations now, um, Lori, are concentrating and seeing that memory care um, and skilled nursing is an underserved area as far as dining goes, okay? And they exhume a lot of resources and Alzheimer's training and things of that nature, which is wonderful. But this is a very important piece to it. And I think a lot of companies are looking at memory care now and how can they better serve memory care residents in, in the dining sense, you know. Mm-hmm. And they realize it is an important quality of life issue. And as you know, dining is an important piece for every senior-assisted living uh, organization that they can use it as, uh, a, a, you know, a point of distinction as far as what may make them different, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, but, again, um, it, it, it really is, and, and we applaud the Arbor Company, you know, for seeing that there was a problem and that they wanted to address this and they wanted to meet the needs of these residents. And pretty much what the chairman said at, at a meeting that when we rolled this out, you know, when we were talking about why are you doing this and, you know, as part of your strategic plan and what the chairman of that organization said, well, because it's the right thing to do. And it is. It's the right thing to do. You know, how can we provide residents a nutritional um, meal that meets their independent needs and with dignity? And the Arbor Company did it, you know. And uh, there are other organizations out there that are looking at doing the same as well in different type of formats. Okay. Okay. Well, good. Um, I just, uh, like I said, I I just have been um, so impressed with this, and I've been trying to spread the word any which way that I can about this. Now, I've got, I think, a question from somebody in our audience, and I think it's Harry Urban, but let me see here. Harry, are you there? Yes, I am. Can you hear me? I can hear you. We can all hear you. Did you have a question or a comment? Yes, I do. Um, I am. I'm really fascinated with this concept of uh, of, of the grind uh, uh, menus and stuff. And I was wondering, can a concept like that be worked into our memory cafes concept? Now, I'm thinking. I'm thinking along the lines of we have these memory cafes, and it would be wonderful if we could have some kind of a some kind of a simple menu set up with this type of cooking. Is that is that possible, or am I, uh, or do I have the wrong concept of this? No, absolutely. If you are serving any kind of hot meal, Terry, are you serving a, a hot meal at these cafes at any point of the well, I'm, day? I'm I'm thinking I'm thinking ahead. Uh, I have a dream of having memory cafes running 24-7 all over the world. And um, most of the memory cafes we have were set up like in a church or something like that. But uh, a memory cafe could be set up in a place run like a McDonald's or something like that that has this grind cooking. And uh, it, it's, 
it's a, it's such a unique concept that uh, I think it would be a big draw, but I don't know if it's I don't know if it's economical feasible to do it because many cafes have no budget. So I mean, um, well, wherever you would I'm not serve sure a hot how, how to work meal, that in. Wherever there is a hot meal being served, it could be transformed very easily into a grind dining extension. So, okay. Yes. And to answer your right. question. Right, and even yeah, even cold food. You know, we we have and great applications we use for salads and things of that nature, such as chef salads and things, and you can put those into bite-sized portions. So, yeah, it, it would be it would it, it it would work there. Okay. So I know you know we've got a couple of, um, and I should have introduced Harry a little better. Harry actually is living with dementia out in Pennsylvania, and he's quite the little mover and shaker. Um, he has a um, group on Facebook called um, Forget Me Not, and he also started one in Spanish for Spanish-speaking uh, uh, people as well, though he doesn't speak Spanish. He's learning it um, with right. his dementia. So he's just pretty fabulous, fabulous guy doing some, some neat things himself. Um, here in Minnesota, we have, uh, we've got like three groups that I work with, and we've started several others, and there's probably 100 or so memory cafes um, in the country now just uh, in the past three years. But I think most of them are serving, you know, probably cookies and coffee, you know, type thing um, for these meetings versus a meal. And I and I could be wrong, but the, the majority of them that I um, see and hear and talk to are doing more of, you know, more snacks. Um, some of them are getting a little more healthy and doing nuts and vegetables and things. But a lot of them are muffins and cookies, I think, Um with that, um, but that's not to say that it couldn't change. So, a question I think that that uh, might be appropriate too would be: Can somebody um, purchase this equipment and get trained to do to cook this kind of food in their own home, or is it just commercial? And yeah, uh, Sarah, right, right, right. Now we're 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 targeting um, you know senior assisted living and. Um, a skilled nursing and memory care, but Stone and I are working on a solution or solutions to the home um, caregiver. Mm-hmm. Obviously, there's a huge need for that, and we've started looking at some different options that we can put out there. We, we want this to be a viable solution for everyone, everyone affected with cognitive disorders or neuromuscular or chewing disorders, this will benefit them, and uh, it's something that um, we're looking at doing, and and hopefully we'll be able to have something in place, you know, within, you know, not immediately, but I would say within the next six months to a year's time in some form. Yes, Yes. we like to put out a little how-to manual um, on a small Mm -hmm. scale, just the basics, how anybody caring for a loved one, with Alzheimer's could do this at home and teach the children to do this at home. Mhm. It would be it so, would be wonderful. So yes. Well, and it's just um like I said when you look at these plates, I mean you'd think you're at a five-star hotel. I mean the 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 plating of the food is spectacular. Um it looks very very appealing appealing. I uh, can't say appealing. <laughs> well, thank you, Lori. 
<laughs> and Thank you. um you know i i would never think that that this was created due to you know what some might call a disability it just looks like fabulous food you know that and you want to eat and that's the point you know not to marginalize uh, an individual because of you know their their lack of uh some type of physical ability, you know, and uh, you'd be surprised at how many people say, that looks good enough, I'd eat it. It's like, bingo, that's it, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Then it's it's good, you know. Yeah, it really really does look uh, very, very beautiful. And, you know, I wish I had the the experience to to actually try it. I've just been able to see it from pictures, but um, just from the looks, it, it smells and tastes good visually of what I can imagine. <laughs> so that's <laughs> so that's good. And, the, and the grind dining tech it, it, it is a technique. No, you do not have to be a chef to be mm-hmm. able to use this technique. And when people ask us if it tastes good, we say, "Does your food taste good?" Because that's exactly what the grind dining extension is going to taste like. Because it's the same food, just a different form. Mm-hmm. Sure. Sure. That's the now, only is, difference. Now, as far as cost, um, can you? Does it cost more to prepare food like this? And Sarah, but I'll throw that to you. For, well, well, I mean, it. it well, within within a, a facility such as a senior assisted living, um, it's the food cost is built in. So whatever your food cost per plate per meal is there. It's the same. The food cost is the same, you know. And in fact, if if, if companies are using uh, uh, prepared products for finger foods or different things, uh, they can actually save food cost, you know, because they're preparing the same food. They're just, you know, we're grinding it and putting it into another form. Okay. So as far yeah. as time frame goes to prepare, does it take more time? And, and I would imagine that that's going to vary depending on on the menu. But right. can you kind of give it, us an it, average? It, it, yeah, it's 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 another step in the process, and um, you know the grinding of it. We may form it into you know like you see uh, uh, like a meatball shape, or we may take that base and wrap it in 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 a pastry or a crepe or something of that nature. So it really depends on what you are going to do with that. But uh, mm-hmm. we work with uh, the dining directors and the executive chefs and help them realign production so we are able to, you know, do it efficiently. And we, we were able to do it uh, with the organizations that we've rolled this out with uh, without the additional uh, labor costs as far as cooks go. So, But it, it, it does take uh, some realigning of production. It does. Yes. But we were able to streamline it into production. So if there is a meal and they want to serve 10 to 20 to 30 people in their memory care unit, um, it's just a little additional time to mm-hmm. run it through the grinder and put it in a form because the meal is already cooked for the main dining room or the independent living. So, uh-huh. But, you know, in the time it takes to make a puree, you can have a fully satisfying meal. Okay, so let me ask something silly. So when when you grind, the food is already cooked then, is that correct, and then it's formed, or is it ground and then cooked? We, yes, our method, yeah, our method and techniques takes cooked food and then grinds it. 
Um, okay. And and uh, and we do that for various reasons, but that's a technique that we do use. Um, and uh, one of the beauties of grinding too is, um, you know, you can you can adjust the grind, the, the, the coarseness or the fineness of, of, the, of the product you're putting through it. And uh, it, it breaks down the connective tissues of the proteins, but it still, you're, it, it maintains, the foods maintains natural textures, which mm-hmm. is very important for dementia residents, I think, as you know. Um, and there's no, um, there's no additives in our food, okay? It's all the natural textures of that menu item. So... Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's one of the beauties of it. Okay, okay. Well, that's uh, that's all great, great information to know. Um, we've yeah. got uh, just a couple of minutes here left. I wanted to just uh, check. And um, Deb, was there anything that you wanted to add from from the Arbor Company? And you're using this this method um, that you'd like to that you'd like to add before we before we end this portion of the show? Just that it has been a wonderful um, augment and addition to the the array of really innovative ideas that we've had at the Arbor Company. And, um, again, we're so fortunate to have have that relationship with Sarah and Stone and to have had that, that first, Oh, we just lost her. So oh. her her call just dropped for whatever reason. Oh, goodness. She said it she said it usually doesn't, but you know, that <laughs> happens every now and then. I do want to just say for any of our listeners too, if you would like to call in and ask a question because I'm not able to um monitor the chat box for whatever reason today. It's just not uh not working and I've tried with help support too and we're not getting anywhere, so I'm going to have to deal with it afterwards. But you can call into 714-364-4757. That's 714-364-4757, and we'd be more than glad to to take your call so um, and answer your question or hear your comment about grind dining. Um, Stone, did you have anything else that you wanted to add? I just want to thank you for this opportunity and this forum to be able to tell the world about grind dining. Thank you so much, Lori. It's, oh, you're more it's, than it's, welcome. We're just trying to, to to spread it out there and get and just feed some hungry souls. Well, good, good. And, you know, I'm hoping that our listeners will help uh, share this episode with people that they know as well, because you never know who who needs this information. And it might be a family member that ends up bringing it into a a community. Oh, absolutely. Um, uh, You know, it it can go any which direction or maybe someone wants to try it at home. Yeah, the silver lining to, to, um, along with not needing utensils, the silver lining is we realized you didn't even need teeth to eat this. So, you know, along with um, uh, people with uh, cognitive impairment, it this process would work for anybody that had dental issues or um, muscular dystrophy or or anything that, had, that were challenged physically. So it's, it's yeah. just been a blessing. Right. 
ALS, um, Parkinson's disease, you know, those type of things, absolutely. Yeah. Well, and just for so many, I mean, it, it can make a huge difference. I mean, it could be somebody who is perfectly fine, but, you know, broke an arm, you know, and it would just, you know, be easier yeah. for them uh, during yeah. an interim period. I mean, you just, you don't know. It could be uh, somebody with swallowing difficulties. It's yeah. uh, this this use is far and wide um, beyond. Oh, I just know. Dementia. And for family and, members. Can let go of that of the horrible guilt they feel watching a loved one being spoon fed or having to spoon feed. You know, just to mm-hmm. be able to regain that dignity and independence. So we have tried to look at holes or downside in this concept, and we have not found one. It, it just gets better and better. The, the positives well, in this technique and method. And it's nice because uh, I am sure when family visits, they can eat the same thing, you know. And, exactly. Um, everybody, everybody's uh, equal, which is a, right. a wonderful thing. Equal and yep. and, 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 and 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 everybody deserves to eat the same great food as everybody else. Exactly. The utensils we were born with. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, Sarah, anything that you want to add? No, you know, we we appreciate it, Lori. We we so appreciate your your the opportunity to be here with you and your your listeners and um and and to you and what you do um yeah. in, within your organization. I mean, um you you truly are a servant leader out there, Lori, and uh you know, like you said, knowledge knowledge is empowerment, and um, we I'm, I know you make a difference in the lives of, of individuals every day. And and and, and congratulations! Yeah, it's wonderful well, for bringing all of us together and collaborating. Well, together we really we can, can make a, a difference. Absolutely. Yeah, we really we can and we are. You know, and yep. it, it might be slower than what we'd like, but. We're on the move, and we're growing, and um, it, it's all good stuff. You know, and again, um, we're here with uh, two um, just fabulous chefs from Grind Dining, uh, Sarah and Stone. They are just absolutely amazing, and they are, through their product, able to preserve independence and dignity. Pretty cool. <laughs> Yay. Well, you know, plus, again, plus the, if, you're, if your listeners do have any, um, you know, uh, questions or things of that nature, they can check out our website um, at grinddining.com, and you have a link on there, and they can email us at our email address. We'd love to hear mm-hmm. from all of you. Yes. Yep. And we'll answer all of your questions, you know, personally and in any way that we can help you on a one-to-one basis. Um, if you'd like okay. to try this at home, maybe we can help you with that sure so again that's www.grind g-r-i-n-d and then dining d-i-n-i-n-g dot com or you can email them at chefs and that's c-h-e-f-s at grinddining dot com again Sarah and Stone thank you so much for being with us thank you Lori and again I want to thank I want to thank Jeff for being with us. You are a blessing to the world. 
Yeah, Deb for being with us uh, with the Arbor Company as well. Um, she can be reached through arborcompany.com uh, and um, or you know just uh, there's a link on the page as well to go ahead and and get to her. So um, you know if you want to hear more about you know what it was like for them, I, I know that she would be more than happy to to speak with you as well. So um, it doesn't look like we have any callers from our audience again. I apologize. Apologize that the chat box is just uh, defunct today. Not quite sure what's going on, though there was a full moon last night, so that explains a lot. <laughs> That's crazy, Lucy. Yeah. yeah, it seems like every time there's a full moon, there's there's some issues with technology. So um, thank you both for for all of your work and what you're doing. It's very important, and I'm I'm really looking forward to watch you expand and grow with this phenomenal uh, concept that you've come up with, grind dining. So thank you so much. Well, thank, thank you for having us on. Okay, bye now. Bye-bye. Um, what a what a fascinating, fascinating uh, concept this is. Um, again, uh, before I, we kick into our open mic, which I'd love listeners to call into, uh, which is 714-364-4757. Again, that's 714-364-4757. Um, so we can have a little chat here. It is... Uh, uh, Alzheimer's Month uh, in September and uh, World Alzheimer's Day is the uh, the 21st of this month as well. Uh, but before I get into that, I just want to do some um, mid-program highlights here and uh, just talk about uh, a couple of things. One is that we've got uh, this afternoon, we're going to be doing our Dementia Chats, which is the free webinar it starts at 3 p.m., and that is Eastern Time. That would be 2 p.m. Uh, Central, 1 o'clock Mountain Time, and then Noon Pacific Time, and we would love for you to join us. I will be posting something on that uh, shortly after here, or you can always go to our um, Facebook page, uh, Dementia Chats, or go to Alzheimer's Speaks on the About tab to Dementia Chats to get the link uh, to enter. Uh, again, those are free. We go for about an hour. And our experts are those with dementia. So it's always a fascinating conversation. I always learn so much. And Harry Urban, who was on the show um, earlier with us, is still with us uh, right now, will be one of our one of our experts is, along with Dina Dotson, who we haven't had a chance to speak to, Dina, for a while. So looking forward to that conversation. If you missed last week's show uh, for the radio program, we talked about toxic foods and GMOs and modern disease. Um, with a researcher from MIT, and then we also had the Goodman Group on talking about their Food for Life program. So that was a, a wonderful show as well. On the 23rd, we're going to be doing a special two-hour program on the air here called Keeping Safe in Today's World, and we are going to be talking about Project Lifesaver. We're going to be talking about wandering, how to prevent it, um, and what what do you do if it occurs. Um, and so that'll be a fascinating conversation. And again, we would love our listeners to participate in that because everybody has different experiences and it's all about learning to share. So 
Um, let me go ahead and pull in. We've got, I think Michelle is with us, our intern. Michelle, are you there? Yep. Hi, Michelle. So how are you doing today? I am doing good. Time got away from me for a little bit. I was, all of a sudden it was 11. So oh, not not a phone. problem. We are still here. And I'm going to pull Harry back in, too. Harry, are you still there? Sure am. You are. Well, I'm, um, yeah. you know, right... Right now we're just going to do open mic, um, and the audience is free to go ahead and call in. I cannot, for whatever reason, get my chat box to work today. So, again, I apologize uh, for that. People can email me, though, at lori, L-O-R-I, at com if they would like. And I will. Uh, I can try to monitor calls that way as well. Um, Harry, is there anything in particular that's, that's on your mind? I know you've been very busy um, with uh, with World Alzheimer's Month here. Uh, yeah, I, I've been busy, but I I just want to get back to one thing about this grind dining that we talked about in the, in the uh-huh. past uh, at the past part of the show. Um, the the concept of that is, in my mind, is amazing because it opens up the doors for so many things. There's there's so many of us living with dementia. We can't go out out dining anymore for for various reasons. Uh, um, the crowds, uh, things like that. So so we we eliminate that part in our life, but. Mm-hmm. We we uh, uh okay with going out to like a memory cafe or something like that, and the wheels are going in my head so fast. I I can't I can't wait to talk to these people, uh, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> that that it would be wonderful to to give everybody the opportunity to to have that um, eating out experience again. In a very comfortable atmosphere. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it seems it seems so special to me that you know, for some reason, now I don't understand the whole concept. That's why I, I want to get on the website and, and and get in touch with them and uh, and find out a little bit more with it. But uh, I'm so excited about that 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 it, the possibility of of people living with dementia experiencing that. Again, is is wonderful. Yeah, it really it really is. And like I had mentioned earlier on the show, I remember a point in time where my mom got really upset. You know, where she lived, watching somebody eat with her fingers, um, food that she didn't think was appropriate, and they make everything appropriate to be able to, you know, just pick up and eat. And if somebody wants to use a utensil and, and can, you know, all the more power to them. But it's not necessary. And, and the plating is so spectacular. I mean, it really looks very, very nice. Um, it'll be interesting to to watch this concept spread because I, I really do think that it that it will spread and it will grow. And and it can be. I mean, it can be beneficial to everybody. I mean. You know, uh, kids who don't like to use utensils as well, you know, to adults that just want, you know, a more um, texture uh, and and touch with their own food. Um, 
you know, it can be used in so many different ways. So, um, and it's done in such a respectful fashion. So, I, I know that that Stone and Sarah will love to talk to you, Harry. You know, more more on this concept. Um, Tipa actually, Tipa Snow, who most of our listeners probably know, she's like the top national uh, trainer for dementia, um, works closely with Arbor, and we were going to try to have Tipa on to talk about um, her thoughts with this too, but couldn't couldn't work that out with her schedule. But um, she just thinks it's fabulous as well, and has nothing nothing but good things to say about it. So that's a, another great endorsement there. Um, We've got a caller on the line, so let me see who this is. So we've got somebody from a 202 number. You're live and on the air. Did you have a question or a comment? Uh, hi, yeah, this is Craig. I'm calling from Leading Age. And just a comment, um, it's sort of unrelated to the grind food, but wanted to let your uh, audience know, you and your audience know, about our great uh, event coming up in October. It's called the Leading Age Hack Fest. Uh-huh. And we're gonna. It's like a. It's a hackathon um, to help older adults. And that's leadingagehackfest.org if you want to check it out. And we thought you might oh. be interested in knowing about it. Yeah. In fact, I'm so glad you called in, Craig, because I was interested in learning more about that, and I my chat box blew up so that I couldn't find it. So, can you give us? Um, is there? Can you um, state the actual um, URL? that people can go to, or can they just Google the HackFest? They can do both. It's uh, leadingagehackfest.org, uh-huh. or you can type it into Google, and it'll come up. Okay. So leading and we're age... And you know, we're on social media. We're on Facebook and Twitter as well. Okay, wonderful. And can you tell us a little bit about the agenda of who's all going to be at the HackFest? Sure. We have um, students and professionals from around the United States. Um, We have teams coming from Georgia Tech and Brown and other universities from around the the states. And then really, unlike other HackFests, instead of just having front and back-end developers, we've invited designers and gerontologists and business experts and clinicians, and really anyone was um, welcome to apply who had an interest in uh, aging or aging services. And we put teams together, um, and then on Saturday, um, they will spend the entire day hacking. And the idea is to create a tool that could help uh, either older adults or um, their caregivers or family members. And last year we saw the winner was, um, there were a lot of uh, ideas and tools around interconnectivity between uh, people that are aging in place and people that are um, living in a, a community, like a retirement community. So okay. a lot of great ideas last year, and we're hoping to see even more. It's you know, okay. it's, it's relevant to people living with dementia or or without. Okay, and there, the applications for this it looks like was September fifth. Um, but people can still go in and participate um, and and watch it, or is, or are the applications closed for this at this point? Applications to actually um, be on a team are closed, but um, while we're if you're in the Nashville area or planning to come to the Leading Age annual meeting, uh, you can definitely come by and, and see the, the participants at work. And uh, <clears throat> myself and the, the other coordinators will be there to chat with you. So we'd love for ev- anyone and everyone to come see what we're doing. 
Okay. And, and we'll it may, looks we like we may have a couple stickers or something for you to give away. Okay, and it looks like the grand prize for the winner is five thousand, and there'll be two runner-ups at two thousand apiece, and then a People's Choice Award for a thousand dollars. So, this looks like a really uh, an interesting uh, an interesting concept. So, um, I appreciate you calling in, and again, people can go to Leading Age, and then Hack Fest, and um, and Hack is just H A C K, and then Fest. Dot org. So leadingagehackfest.org, uh, and this will be down in Nashville, October 18th through the 20th. Um, so if you're in Tennessee, um, it would be a great, great place to go. So I appreciate you calling in and telling us about that. Uh, We'd love to hear, um, you know, when this is over with, too, if you want to call in, you know, maybe we can do a show on who the winners were. and uh, sure. what I'd love to give you a follow-up. Yeah, what technology was developed? So if you if you just go to alzheimerspeaks.com, there's a big contact button on my website. Just shoot me an email, Craig, and we can uh, see if we can set something up. Okay. Happy to do so. Thanks for taking uh, okay. my call. Well, thank you. Have a great day. Well, that sure sounds like a, an interesting concept. Um, Michelle, what do you think of that? She's, Michelle is our intern, and she's going back to uh, get her master's. What do you think of something like that? I think it's an interesting concept. I'd never heard of it before, but it sounds like something I would be interested in participating in at some point. Yeah, yeah. it sounds like they must do this every year and mm-hmm. uh, would be really interesting to, to see on that. So, yeah, it, it would be definitely worth your – you're so innovative and, and creative in terms of, of what you do. Um, I'm so proud of Michelle. She just gets out there and jumps in with both feet in the deep end and goes for it. So um, she just opened up a, a memory cafe, Harry, not too long ago. And, um, it, you know, it's nice to see a um, a young person really jumping in and taking an interest um, with it. And she's doing a fabulous job. She's been doing some speaking and um, uh, various, uh, well, oh, just all kinds of stuff this one's up to. So. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, Michelle, do you have anything, uh, you know, you work at the Northfield um, Senior Center. Are you guys doing anything special for uh, World Alzheimer's Month at all? Uh, Not that I know of. We have um, our Demystifying Dementia series coming up in October. Uh So that's what we've been putting a lot of energy into planning right now. Okay. Well, that'll be good. What? Who all is that for your series? What are you doing for? Um, you are the first one um, as our keynote on October seventh, and then we have a um, lo- one of the local uh, physicians that's going to come in and do a medical perspective on the fourteenth. Um, Kari Barrett is coming in on the twenty-first to cover caregiving, and then we're doing a panel discussion on the twenty-eighth. Oh, great. Great. Well, that's wonderful. You guys are doing some some neat things down there. Harry, what's new on your plate? Are you doing anything in particular for World Alzheimer's Month? Or uh, no, not uh, not really. Uh, I'm just so involved in this, uh, Lloyd, that it's it's a there's no special day for me. I mean, we, <laughs> we do it. I, I just I just got done with a. Uh, 
with a, uh, a mentor session at, at a local uh, hospital here talking to newly diagnosed patients with dementia. And that, that program has gone so well. We had like uh, 25, 30 uh, attendees at the meeting. And it, it's, it's really nice because now when I was diagnosed uh, a little over 10 years ago with dementia, there was no place for me to go for information. And uh, you get on the Internet, and the only thing you can get is, is information on a, on a lot of stages of, of any type of dementia. And I wasn't in the latter stages. And now so many programs are springing up now that um, gives everybody the opportunity. I mean, it's, it's, it's amazing. We, you know, when I just think back, it, it was so discouraging a couple, a couple years ago that we weren't getting any place. And when you, when you just settle down and, and look back, we're making a lot of progress. We have a long way to go, but we're making a lot of progress. And thankfully, a, a, a lot of the younger people are getting involved in this, and they're going to carry the ball for us. We hope so. We hope so, because we definitely need them very, very much uh, with the growing numbers of, you know, all of us getting older and this disease starting to attack people younger and younger and younger. Um, we need everybody on board with this. Um, that's for sure. That's for sure. Um, now, Harry, how is it you, you started your other group, your forget-me-nots um, for, for the Spanish um, speaking. How is that going? That is that is going great. Now, um, like I said, I'm learning Spanish. I I can't even call myself a novice because now we have we have uh, we started Spanish lessons and uh, we meet every every week. It, it's a virtual Spanish lesson, but uh, my dementia uh, lets me forget a lot of things. So uh, the things I do learn, I I forget. But the concept of the Spanish um, group is is there's no there's, there's no barriers. I mean, this dementia affects everybody, and um, we have such a large Spanish community that uh, here in the United States that um, they need help also. Mm-hmm. And the Spanish group is is strictly for. With Spanish speaking, and um, it's a it's a whole new family. You know, it, it, it's strange because if I get on the site, they know I don't speak. You know, I can translate. I can translate, so I, I have a basic idea of what they're saying. And as long as I don't try to speak Spanish, um, I don't say the wrong thing, and, and they know what I'm I'm trying to say. But it's. Uh, it's 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 just a family that that you walk into. I mean, everybody has the same problems, uh, the same fears, the same frustrations. No matter what language you speak, and that's that's why I'm I'm so happy with that group. Well, that's good. That's good. And how about dementia mentors? Any updates from that group? Dementia mentors is growing leaps and bounds. 
Now, uh, Dementia Mentors was designed for um, for people with, with, with dementia, but it's also for caregivers. Um, on the uh, on the website we have dementiamentors.com, um, we have a, uh, a section with videos. Uh, they're like two three minute videos done by people living with this disease, and they explain they explain their their feelings, what they're going through, what they're living, and things like that. And and uh, and caregivers are learning so much through that. Uh, now, we've been keeping statistics on the website, and it's now covering over 26 countries. You know, wow, that, that's, that's phenomenal. And, it, and and it's just getting, it's being spread by word of mouth. And, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, I'm, I'm so proud of that site that um, it's unbelievable. It, it just proves to me that there's a need for this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep, that's that's for sure. There definitely definitely is, and this is a this is a uh, a site that just launched. I think it was like June first, if I'm not mistaken. So it hasn't been out there all that long, and to be hitting that many countries and have that much collaboration is just fascinating. Um, you know that you're able to to do what you're able to do is just. Unbelievable, absolutely unbelievable, in terms of touching hearts and souls, making a big, big, making a big, big difference there, Mr. Harry. Um, well, see, you know, I this, this is what happens. This is what happens when people come together, and it, it, it's it's so nice because the mentors we have comes from so many different countries. You know. United Kingdom, Wales, Australia, you know, it, and it, it, it's fabulous because we now have a way of coming together and fighting this disease. Mm-hmm. Well, the, the communications through social media have just opened so many doors. Um, it's just absolutely unbelievable. Um, and and the changes that are are being implemented because people are able to share thoughts and and share knowledge, and it it's you know it saddens me it's taken us this long because so many people have fought the internet and will it even be effective and you know all of those types of things but you know it just it is what it is and you know um, everything happens at its own pace when it's supposed to. You know, so um, Michelle, you had just written uh, an article, um, and I'm mm-hmm. wondering if you can tell people a little bit about that article that you just wrote on the blog this Sunday. Yep, um, I don't even remember. Someone to talk to is, I think, what I titled it. Um, but I was getting ready, um, finding information for my memory cafe for tomorrow, and I was just thinking about, you know, how important the group has become to them we've only i think this is the fifth time we've met and how everybody needs somebody to talk to and while you can tell your friends and stuff kind of what you're going through they don't always completely understand and the support group kind of gives that um, aspect everybody there at least on some level understands what everyone else is going through Mm mm-hmm 
which is really important. And I think, Carrie, that's one of the things that you really like about the Memory Cafe is just it's it's such a comfortable place for people to go. Is that correct? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, it's not a support group. We don't have, at least the ones I'm involved in, it's not a support group per se that we have. We have somebody speaking or anything like that. It's just a social get-together. And mm-hmm. um, we we talk about whatever comes up. It doesn't matter. And uh, we people come just to be just to be together. They don't come to our mimic phase to uh, maybe to learn something or something like that. Most of the people come just to be together and and share their stories, share their life, and things like that. I mean, people. We we talk about about things that that happened when I wasn't even born, and but you know what? It's so fascinating to hear these people talk about about the struggles they had when they were children, or or, or things like that. I mean, I get so much out of these out of these memory cafes. Yeah, I absolutely adore them too. Um, it's. Uh, incredible the information I learn at every single one of them, you know, because each of us that participates in these gatherings is is a teacher and a learner at the same time um, just by sharing our life experiences and not just about the disease, but just how do you live life well? You know, our group is going to be doing an event in um, September here. I think it's the 23rd at the library called uh, Living Well and Safely with Dementia. And basically what we're going to do is have um, three couples talk about how they adapted life with dementia. And we did this once before. I think it's actually on the 24th, yeah, at the Roseville Library in Minnesota here. And um, But people were just shocked, A, that um, that people with dementia could talk and participate in an event like that, you know. So, I mean, we were breaking down, down stereotypes for that and the stigmas. And then people were just fascinated at what they learned. Um, you know, and how they could help other people that they know dealing with dementia. And then we're going to have the police and fire department with us um, as well talking about, um, you know, preventing um, emergency situations or wandering. And and then if it happens, you know, how do you respond? You know, how do you be the most effective um, to to help police and fire and, and emergency room staff um, with a loved one if uh, if something would would occur and so i'm really looking forward to that it's going to be kind of a two-hour thing that we're going to do and we're um, holding it like a town hall meeting because we want the participation of um, of those in our audience as well so um, but again from the memory cafe um, you know they a lot of people have come in not sure that they want to be there thinking it's a typical support group and um, i think what um what Harry and Michelle would both say is that these are really social gatherings that offer support, um, but the focus isn't the disease. It, it really is uh, the camaraderie of being around others that you feel safe and comfortable with that are like-minded, um, which is what we all need. And we go through different transitions if we're, you know, a, a new parent or, you know, um, you know, maybe we're empty nesters. You know, you kind of 
gather with those that are are going through similar experiences, and that's exactly what a memory cafe is. Um, they're just uh, filled with love and support and hugs and laughter and sometimes tears, but lots and lots of knowledge and an authenticity level that is rare to come by. You know, um, people are just so connected so quick because they're they're so real. You know, there's no there's no walls. There's not much for mass and and um, barriers. Harry, is that what you see in your group? Oh yes, yes. Uh, it's it's funny. Uh, a couple of years ago, if I if I mention to somebody that uh, that I have Alzheimer's, they all took a step back, and uh, because they they didn't understand they didn't understand what this disease is, and but nowadays I don't see that too much now. Uh, yeah, every now and then you come up with somebody that. Uh, that doesn't understand the disease, but that just means you have to educate them. You have to mm-hmm. let them know. But um, so much, so much changing. I mean, the world is changing so fast, and uh, it, it, it's really hard to keep up. And more and more people want to get involved in bringing awareness. That's mm-hmm. what's so nice about this. And um, now that we have the momentum gone. We can't let it stop. I mean, it's it's every day we have to say we need your help to beat this disease. With me, I'll never see a cure. I'm I'm sure of that. But you know what? I'm seeing a better quality of life, and that's all we want. You know, we want we want a better quality of life. We we don't want we want to do away with the stigmas. You know, we want to be able to walk outside and not be ashamed that. I have dementia, mm-hmm. and that day is coming. That day is coming very, very fast. I I agree. I agree. Um, Michelle, how have you seen um, your group? Because your group is fairly new. Um, has yep. it grown, or is it about the same size? Or it's um, stayed the same size. Um, they don't typically like to miss meetings. Um, in my group right now, I think because it's one of their uh, they like to get as much information as they can. So while they share what's going on with them and stuff, a lot of it tends to come back to, you know, what about this, what about. So it we kind of cover a lot, and tomorrow I think will be an interesting one because we have a lot that they want to cover. So. Okay. And, and I think every group, you know, um, switches and changes what it is they need, and a lot of times when they do start, <laughs> Um, people are just anxious to to gather knowledge, and then um, as they become kind of the core group, I think things typically start changing um, into more of that social support because they have the basics down, and there's kind of that safety net that sets. And um, not that information isn't shared and isn't needed. We still do probably <laughs> about um, quarterly. We'll do an actual program, you know, some type of. And typically it's an informational program. We've done estate planning and things like that. Um, Harry, do you do any specialty programs at all with your memory cafe? No, because uh, you have to to realize now the the people that attend our cafe, like I said, we give these uh, speeches at the the health campus, and so we we, uh, get a lot of people from that. 
but they come and go. Uh, like there's there's sometimes that that somebody with dementia they're in that in that in that downside of this disease and just don't want to participate. You know mm-hmm. things like that. So um, it, it's not it it's it's a thing that you have. You have that core of people that come every every meeting, but you also have you also have a lot of people that come and go, and that mm-hmm. and that's the whole concept. I mean, it's okay to come in, and if you can only stay fifteen minutes, that's fine. Mm-hmm. You know, if you if you feel yourself getting overwhelmed, it's not mandatory that you sit down and you and you wait till the program's over. That's not what we want. We want you to come in and and feel comfortable. And if the excitement, the or anything gets too much for you, it's okay to get up and leave. Mhm. Yeah, yeah. You've got to have got to have that flexibility. That's for sure. Um, for people to feel feel comfortable, we have um, one um, gentleman with us, and for whatever reason, now he doesn't like to sit, so he stands most of the time and. Um, his wife used to try to get him to sit down and, and doesn't anymore, you know, because that's just where he's at um, with his comfort level. And, and nobody bats an eyelash, you know, because we just, we all love Stan and, and he's absolutely wonderful. And, um, you know, so, it, it, yeah, it's very interesting how the groups kind of morph. We have three that um, all meet at the same time and, you know, our first group's been gathering for three years now, and so they're seeing some um, drastic changes in terms of um, decline in some of their uh, some of the disease process and stuff, and and where life has taken them. And then we've got two newer groups, and so it's very interesting to watch. But the wealth of information from all is just fabulous and and shared, and is so so supportive. Um, it, it really is um, like no other group that I've ever been involved in before in terms of the the authenticity and the friendships that are that are developed with that. So, um, Michelle, was there anything else that you was on your mind that you wanted to talk about, or not particularly? Okay, I, I was trying to think. Uh huh. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Was there something you wanted to say? Um, Harry, how about you? Anything anything else you want to cover? Yeah, I I, I was kind of want to, uh, interested in how long is your memory to say? Have you got a time period that you say, okay, we're going to start at this time and then at that time? Uh, because with ours, uh, we start at 6 o'clock, mm-hmm. and um, it goes until... It's over with, and sometimes it could be nine nine thirty until uh-huh. we get out of there. You know, because people just and, and some days it's uh, you know it, it could be an hour and a half. You know, uh-huh. and and everybody's ready to go. Is, is there a time frame that you have on yours generally, or? Yeah, we go from one to three, but what we've noticed with um, the group sometimes is that some of them might, some of them, uh, some people might get a little antsy after an hour and a half, 
And so we said mm-hmm. now that, you know, we've got the two hours blocked, and if people need to leave early, you know, don't bat an eye. Just, you know, go ahead and, and get up and leave, and those that want to stay will stay. So it's very informal, um, kind of go with the flow. Other times we've had people, um, we we typically don't, formally keep our space because we we have to kind of sign it out um you know for that specific time but we have people hang out sometimes an hour or so afterwards either so you know it it, it, you know and they come in early and have lunch together and stuff so it really it's a full afternoon um for people and we meet from typically one to three we find before um, before supper and after lunch is is really a good time. It allows people, if they want to take a nap, to still be able to do that, or if they have other errands that they have to run, um, and not not get stuck in um, crazy crazy traffic either. You know, so that's that because that's been an issue. Where, and, and we don't do one at night, though. We're starting to get more requests from people to have evening or weekend um, memory cafes. So as I go out and talk with people, that is something that we're discussing, but we haven't launched it yet. Initially we had one in the evening, but we just we didn't get anybody to show up. And I think part of our problem was we started it in the fall, and our winters here can be, you know, dark and cold and slippery, and, and people don't like going out. And... Um, so then, then people ask, can we just have them both during the day? So then we switched um, both of ours to one to three um, every, you know, twice a month with that. So we have uh, we we have a couple virtual memory cafes, and uh-huh. uh, that that's growing more and more and more. I mean, it's 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 like I can have a I can have a memory a virtual memory cafe every day. But the uh, one we have in a local church, um, the the local people, the the caregivers are working, and uh, we wanted to have it at a time that that anybody can come. And mm-hmm. you know, we have we have a lot of people that that's in the early stages that still work and things like that, and they just couldn't make it at uh, at an earlier time, so. So we 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 try to we try to set up a memory cafe that suits anybody. Mhm. Which is nice. Which is really nice that you mm-hmm. did that. Yes. Uh, Mich- Michelle, what time is your memory cafe? Ours is uh, three to five. Is what we have our room um, reserved till uh, the first couple of times we went the full two hours, and now we're kind of finishing between an hour and an hour and a half, just because. Some people can't sit that long, and so mm-hmm. we wrap up and go. But yeah, and every group is a little bit different, and that's perfectly fine. You know, because it really is about meeting the needs of your community. Um, I, you know, I I get calls all the time of people saying, "Can you send me? You know, can you send me the criteria on how to do this?" And I'm like, "It's just not like that." You know, it's just not that structured. It really is about meeting the community need. And I find if we send out a criteria, they lose their creativity and they stop reading the need. And they they fall in the box of the criteria. And so, you know, I've purposely, not, purposely not written a criteria. Though when I go out and speak or train on this, 
you know, I have a, a definite mode of questions that they need to ask um, to determine, you know, help them determine what are the needs and how are they going to reach the people and those types of things and, and stuff. But we're so anal as a society of, you know, give me the step-by-step process um, that it kind of saddens me that we've lost our ability to be creative and and move forward. And um, and I, I think dementia is going to kind of change that. I think it's going to demand that it changes uh, with that. We, so. uh, we, we, we started up a mini cafe for caregivers. Now, uh, mm-hmm. you know, we usually think of mini cafes for, for, for uh you know, people living with dementia. But um, we started up a virtual memory cafe for caregivers, and they start at 9 o'clock at night. Uh-huh. And uh, I think I think last week there were 20-some people that came on virtually, and, and they talked, and it works out so well for them because um, at 9 o'clock at night, they they usually have their loved ones settled in for the night or whatever, and they have time that they can just sit down and and and, and chat. Mm-hmm. And Which is, I I think that concept is going to be very very big too. Well, it makes a lot of sense. It just it it mm-hmm. makes a lot a lot of sense that you're really um, meeting the need that's out there, and you've taken into consideration you know the time frame that's required, um, you know, that that's going to work with people's schedules. And, again, depending on where they are in the world is, is always going to have some some type of effect on things. But, um, you know, for here in the U.S., it, it seems like that makes a lot of sense. Is that Eastern time, Harry, at 9 p.m.? Yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. Well, wonderful. And then um, to to get to that, is that on? Where is that listed? Is that on the Dementia Mentors page? No, um, is it no, posted it's, to uh, that? It, it's actually it's actually on my on my wall on uh, uh, on Forget Facebook. Okay, so on your no, personal wall well, or it's on, it's, it's, yeah, on my on my personal one. Uh, okay. You know, we we just started this up, and it's it's kind of new, so it, it's kind of hard to get the word out. Okay. But uh, somehow the word is getting out. But if you go to my personal wall, you can get the link to it. And anybody's okay. welcome. Okay. Well, that's great to know. Wonderful, wonderful to know. Anything else you want to mention, Harry? Uh, nope. i got to say something for 3 o'clock. Yeah, yeah, for our dementia <laughs> chat. So, how about you, Michelle? Any, any, any blip picture that you want to say before we before we sign off here? Nope. Okay. Well, I thank you both for joining us. And again, um, if you are just joining us late, you might want to listen to the beginning half, where we had uh, Sarah and Stone, who are both chefs on for uh, Grind Dining, a very fascinating concept, I think long overdue. We also had Deb 
with the Arbor Company on with us who has instituted the grind dining procedures in their senior living facilities. So uh, check check both of them out. I do want to mention, again, the Purple Angel Project. If you're not familiar with this new global symbol uh, for dementia, we would love for you to uh, check it out. You can go to alzheimerspeaks.com, go to our About page, and then just click on the Purple Angel page. There we have all the information for uh, the U.S. launch. We have not formally launched it yet. We're still waiting for I'm waiting for my intern to finish a couple of things, and uh, hopefully we'll get that done yet this month here. Um, but we want this global angel to be as well known and recognized as the pink ribbon is for breast cancer, and there's absolutely no reason that we can't do that. It doesn't cost you anything except a little bit of time to read a short poster, and then you're able to be off and running um, utilizing this in you you can put it on your facebook page your linkedin your emails um, your marketing materials for your for your company um, etc everything is laid out there at alzheimerspeaks.com on the about page for the purple angel if you're in need of an alzheimer's association anywhere in the country check out alzheimer's disease international Uh, if you are interested in some holistic ideas for how to care, check out the Alzheimer's Research and Prevention Foundation. And I do want to remind people that Mark Wartman uh, with the Alzheimer's Disease International Organization will be with us later this month. He's going to be talking about a new study that will just be released for uh, World Alzheimer's Day um, on, on prevention. And if you're dealing with Lewy body or frontal temporal lobe or aphasia, make sure that you check out those organizations. They have a lot of specifics that can that can really help you um, in terms of in terms of living well, you know, with uh, with dementia. And uh, last, I uh, you know just want to give a shout out to my wonderful um, company. Um, Custom A Design, who does my website. I don't know where I would be without them. They're just absolutely fantastic. And I also need to give uh, another shout-out to Hellstar Home Care. Um, They are doing amazing work, and I'm really having a lot of fun working with them here in Minnesota. They're also um, in some other states as well, but they are really tackling... um, home health and dementia very, very well, have done some specific um, training by the Alzheimer's Whisperer, and we're going to be having that whole group on too, so you can learn more about that training session and style um, and so forth. So we will talk to you all uh, in a week. And uh, don't forget to mark down on the 23rd. We're going to have that specialty show on keeping safe in today's world. We're going to be talking about Project Lifesaver. What do you do in an emergency, um, you know, for wandering or elopement, whatever you want to call it, um, or exploring. Everybody's got their different names to it. And um, I know Harry's going to be part of that show that show as well so thank you so much everybody and harry i will talk to you later on dementia chats at 3 p.m eastern okay okay i'm I'm anxious Uh, okay sounds good bye now take care everybody bye-bye bye michelle bye
It's time to rethink, renew, and reimagine retirement. Hey, everybody. Jared Sebesta here, host of Retire Repurposed. Now, this podcast is about the non-financial parts of retirement, which many times can be even more challenging than the financial. We believe retirement is not the end, rather the beginning of what could be the most impactful, purposeful, and fulfilling season of a person's life. So don't retire. Become repurposed. To listen now, search Retire Repurposed on your favorite podcast platform, Senior Resource, or Life Audio.